0: I want you to notice this thing here. Now, I think it was two weeks ago you were given, last week, you were given, if you were here, you were given this little card right here. And this week, this little thing. Now, I know you can't see it, but it's this thing, right? It's got the listing of the life groups on it. We're doing something different, um, slowly rolling it out throughout the course of this year. We're changing up how we do life groups a little, because change is a good thing. I need you to repeat it after me, say change is a good thing. Now it got quieter when I asked you to say is a good thing than when you said change. But it's okay. I'll just keep prophesying it. Anyway, we're doing some different groups. Not as many of the differences are happening in this first semester. We're doing semesters. But tab groups. T is for training. A is for activity. And B is for Bible. And so a lot of the groups, if you notice, if you look at it, you can take it out. A lot of the groups are still being Bible. But there are some different ones. We've got an activity group. A woman's self-defense group. And you're like, why in the world do we have a woman's self-defense group? Because I want my ladies to be able to defend themselves and take care of me if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, make our security team that much better, right? But here's the the truth behind it. I'm going to just be real with you for a minute. Whether we realize it or not, everything that we do as a church and as a body of believers has to somehow be connecting and reaching the lost. Everything we do. And to be totally honest, it's going to be easier for you to get your friend to go to a women's self-defense group than a Bible study if they don't know Jesus. But if you look under that search bar, it says relationships matter. So you get your people to come and you build a relationship with them and you get them to church and you get them to coffee talk and you get them in and they eventually join the family, join a team, join a group. They get involved with what we're doing here, but it's just a different opportunity. So this semester is going to run through Mother's Day. There'll be a small break in the summer because everybody plays baseball and goes out of town. Then we come back right after the 4th of July and then there's one more little break around Labor Day. And then we have the the big semester in the fall. But I'm, I'm extremely excited about this because it gives us an opportunity to be more evangelistic because it's just simply going to be easier to do. In this, in this semester we have a marriage group. So when you, next week you'll be able to sign up if you want to go to a different group. What's that? It's open now. You can sign up online. But make sure you go sign up because the marriage group is taught by Matt and Kristen Snyder. It's going to be fantastic. If you want to take your marriage to the next level. If your marriage might be going through a rocky spot. Sign up with that. It's going to be incredible to be a part of. I'm excited. And also, if you notice on that, that, that activity group, there is a fishing group. Jason's in it, so he said amen. But I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Tomorrow night will be prayer. The reset prayer class. I'll be teaching it tomorrow night. It'll be the last one for the, for the, the class. Do not miss it tomorrow night. It's on Spiritual Warfare. We've been learning how to do our devotional prayer for the last three weeks and tomorrow night we're going to learn how to go take the fight to the enemy and rip his head off amen amen and that date is wrong they didn't get it right it's okay that's my fault the family meeting is actually february 13th i had to move it not january 30th it's february 13th january 30th is unity prayer at the council chamber so monday night prayer will be in the council chambers um in two weeks. So that meeting, that's not, that's my fault, not theirs. It's going to be February 13th. It'll be in the church building over there on Parish Road. And I'm telling you, do not miss that meeting, February 13th. Like, mark it on your calendar. Make sure you're there. It's going to be a massive meeting that's important. And I, if this is your church, I'm asking you to make sure you're there. Sanctuary. I love it. Monday, February 13th. They're chanting it on the spot's fantastic. I love it. But, how many are you ready for the Word this morning? Y'all, this is right. That's a commitment to excellence, folks. That's what that is right there. That's a commitment. (laughs) I love it. They go get it. Amen. Ready? Wait for the E. We got to go. There it is. Go nuts. It's the E. We got it right. Woo! Amen. All right. Monday, February 13th, in the sanctuary. Make sure you're there. That's way funnier than it probably should be. Anyway. Would you guys do me a, f- a favor this morning and give it up for my good friend, Pastor Randy Gudo? It's a long walk. Y'all keep clapping.
1: <laughs> I'll get it. How many love your pastor? Isn't he awesome? <clears throat> last night, I'll tell you what's the funniest and the coolest is like him and Caitlin, when they're <laughs> we had dinner last night, and I just. <clears throat> I just wanna hit record and I wanna produce and make a lot of money by having a great comedy show. They are so funny and so real and authentic and deeply sincere. How I many know they just love you and they love the Lord and they, this is just a great place. And Shawmet, you guys are crazy. <clears throat> I'm from South Louisiana, I grew up in Baton Rouge and uh, sometime I have, to get my, I have to get my wife here. Um, we got married at the age of 20, so this year it'll make nine years we've been married. It's been awesome, 29 years, my bad. 29 years <clears throat> this September, and, and our son's with me right now, Paul, 23, stand up, Paul, single. All right, just want to say that. <clears throat> we have three daughters. <laughs> we have three daughters also, Alyssa, Victoria, and Hannah, and their middle names are Faith, Hope, and Love, and we didn't plan that, <clears throat> and you know, just Faith, and then Victoria was Hope, and then, but by then we knew if we have another daughter, it's going to be Love. And we were actually pastoring in New York City, and I was, I was preaching in L.A., so every night i'd call becky and you know and talk and huge time difference and say how are the kids she goes great well hannah really got crazy today Tonight i was put into bed and just started jumping up and down couldn't get her to calm down for a while i said why she said reading out of first corinthians 13. and the greatest of these you know and now our bodies faith hope and love the greatest of these is love and hannah just starts jumping up and going crazy she was two years old i'm the best i'm the best i'm i'm love <clears throat> anyway but you you i just i love your accent yeah, that's right. Y'all have the coolest accent. If you don't know, I, how many of y'all know Brian Odo? That's like my brother. And he came to visit me when we lived in Brooklyn. And everybody there, they just thought he was another Brooklynite. <clears throat> I had a friend, and he's in Alexandria from Baton Rouge like I am. And uh, he, I, I said, you ever heard of them Shalmatians? And uh, they're not from, you know, St. Bernard. They're from the parish. Or the parish, or however y'all say it. I'm going to mess it up. He said look man i was i went to gulf shores when i was in college and we met these these girls you know these young guys and the girls none of them serving the lord you know and and we heard them their accent we're like oh my gosh you some new yorkers they started hanging out they said where are y'all from they said chalmette oh cool and later in the day they're like so we're at new york is chalmette and then he said then we thought they were going to beat us up them girls don't play in chalmette <clears throat> anyway i'm excited uh just very honored to be here known your pastor of course for a very long time <clears throat> um and just so to see all that that God is entrusting them with the Lord is just entrusting you with so many wonderful things and you're just you're great pastors you really love people and not only that but he's so great to other ministries evangelists prophets apostles and and pastors and leaders he's just a source of encouragement and so are you y'all been through hell and back y'all been through a lot of stuff here haven't you who's ever been through some things there's something about the resiliency I mean how many times y'all been flooded and you know and, and yesterday pastors just driving me down towards Braithwaite I did some work in Braithwaite a long time ago I mean that's that's down there people think New Orleans is like the dirty South but how many know No, there's a whole other South too <clears throat> he's driving me down there and I'm seeing houses on like 30-foot cinder blocks and I'm like man these people just don't give up <clears throat> there's something about people that just won't give up now I'm gonna have to laugh a little bit or make some noise or I'm gonna think I'm a, in a Presbyterian church and it, it just affects the anointing so anyway um, I, uh, I grew up, of course, in South Louisiana. My, my mama came to the Lord when I was six months old, me and my twin, my twin sister lives in Madisonville, uh, Rachel, just a, my beautiful, beautiful sister. And, uh, and so growing up as twins, you know, I mean, uh, we always said, our last name is Gudo, they call her Rachel Bado just because she just didn't play around. So if I got in a fight my sister heard, she'd go find that guy and he'd have to fight her. So, and, and, and they were more afraid of her than, than they were of me. <clears throat> so I love my family. And then now we're actually in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana, which is also, um, or you could just Shreveport, Arkansas. But it's Shreveport, Louisiana. We are part of the boot. And we used to like to say that, that, sh- that Louisiana is shaped like a boot because God's going to put it on and just walk across the world. How many believe the Lord has got something great for the state of Louisiana? <clears throat> where, where are my seven charismatics in here? Yes, come on. Um, we, uh, started this, uh, this podcast, I'll tell you this real quick. Then we're going to, I'm going to talk real fast and share some things with you. And, uh, it's called the Bible 365 podcast. How many of you would like to be able to read through the Bible in a year? Well, how many have a hard time reading? If you want to, you can put it on and in less than 25 minutes a day, I'm just reading through the one year Bible. So if you want to plug it in (coughs) and follow it and, uh, and I give a little devo at the end, love to have you come and follow it. It's been a little over three weeks now we launched it and it's in 26 countries now, and almost the entire uh, U.S. Is, has thousands of downloads. The Lord's just doing something great. All we're doing is reading scriptures, all right? So, in Shreveport, so you know, uh, up there, I work with an incredible company. I'm a hospice chaplain. I know what hospice is? And I work with some of the most incredible nurses and social workers and CNAs and administrators and executives, and they just love people. So I have a whole lot of patients that I just visit, love on, pray for, minister to. And also I pastor in Homer, Louisiana, a church called Lighthouse Church. And also I'm a part of a network uh, under my pastor, Paul Floyd, who's got multiple campuses across North Louisiana. And and I I just, I couldn't love my life anymore. God is just absolutely awesome. Amen. We've, we've planted, listen, I remember years ago when I was 27, I went down to Bourbon Street and uh and was around jackson square and was doing crazy ministry I had hair down to my butt and was just this wild guy and 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 i saw a group of people about 15 or 20 people and and so uh i'm very adhd too so y'all gonna get 17 messages today so just pay attention so uh there's this group of people 20 25 people and there was this other long-haired guy and his name was randy so instantly i was like you know you know who's the better randy here so he says before y'all go and he stands up on this box and he had this like six foot five dude who was also on these platform shoes dressed like a vampire with an upside down cross and like his teeth you know like shaved like fangs <clears throat> and he says i want to tell you about the most bloodiest conquistador and this savage you know whatever And he starts talking about vampires and i'm like you little jerk like a saturday night like at 10 o'clock and i said you got all these gullible people over here telling some lie so i waited and i had a group of people with me and so he jumps off the box and the people kind of started clapping. So then I ran and jumped up on this box. And I said, hold on. My name is also Randy. And I'm going to tell you about an even more bloody, savage, grotesque event that took place 2,000 years ago on this hill called the Place of the Skull, Golgotha. And the guy goes, oh, gosh. And he kind of drops his head. <clears throat> so I start giving the most graphic portrayal of the cross and everything. And, and people were clapping. I mean, I'm like, they clapping? It was, I didn't know it was a vampire tour. <laughs> These people paid for a vampire tour so I just kind of messed up his ending I didn't mess it up <clears throat> but how do you know the Lord took what the devil meant for you when he turned it around for good you know some Catholic boys came up and it's in front of like the, the church there in Jackson Square so and they start cussing like you know you're defiling my church and so then they're wanting to fight so I got to preach to everybody it was just awesome anyway I don't know why I share that story because I just love it when I'm down in South Louisiana there's just something down here in the water in it it's just different right say Jesus <clears throat> y'all know who that is right so, you know, the lady, who's that precious girl that was just singing? Right there. Oh my gosh, how many of that girl can sing? <clears throat> now, I was here last year, right over there. Now we're here in this college because y'all had a little more water, right? Something. How many of you know God's going to take what the devil meant for evil there and he's going to turn it around for good too, and it's going to be so much better? And <clears throat> I, I'm almost positive. You sang that same song. I'm almost positive the last time I was here. And there's something so special. I get excited. You know, there's so many people that go to church all over the United States of America, and they hear all kinds of messages about God. They just don't know them. There's all kinds of Christians that belong to all kinds of denominations. Catholic, Orthodox, Baptist, Presbyterian, Word of Faith, Spirit-filled, charismatic, non-denominational. We sing songs, we preach messages about a God we don't really know. It's so superficial. But how many know there's something so significant? I'm hearing this song about the angels cry out holy, holy. And I'm like, I think about the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is like party time. You got the 24 elders, you've got angelic beings, you've got creatures with eyes all around their head, and one starts singing. And guess what? All of heaven erupts in this thunderous, glorious praise, right? Pills of thunder, flashes of lightning. We serve a great God, don't we? The Bible tells a story about this man. I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Jesus. Now, I know some of you came here to get a little three-point message and go home. I'm sorry. Listen, but this Jesus, the Bible said, there's a day coming, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's going to put one foot on the mountain and it's going to split in half. His other foot, he's going to place on the sea. There's no one like him. That's my God. As we were singing today, I lifted up my hands. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have to have a feeling. I don't have to have a goosebump. But I know this, that when I lift my hands, that there are millions of angelic beings that are participating in our worship. I was sitting here today thinking, when she was singing, so anointed, so pure, so much preciousness. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, my gosh, there are probably house churches in Iran right now. Fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. They don't argue about denominations. They don't argue about a whole bunch of theology. They don't have the Bibles that we do. To go find out what they don't believe in, what you believe in, what I don't believe in. If they're not unified they won't exist primarily led by ladies and an area was the most oppressive towards women and I'm like you know what what's the time difference and I realized it doesn't matter because their church services will happen at 3 a.m. 1 a.m. whenever they can secretly get together and meet that there's a group of believers that are baptizing each other in tubs in Iran In Afghanistan, second fastest growing church in the world, where they're getting slaughtered after our government pulled out and gave them all those billions of dollars. That's another story. Give them all equipment. That was the second fastest growing church in the world. Sudden, sure death by the Taliban. And just raging. And there's going to be some person there and a group of people in a house, quietly, so they're not heard too loud, but lifting up their hands. The Bible says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And there's schools that theologians probably that argue well, what that really means is shut up i don't care what you mean lift your hand well, i don't feel it i don't care about what you feel he probably didn't feel like going to the cross As matter of fact he said father let this cup pass me but he did it anyway we're such babies sometimes in american christianity aren't we we're such babies we get offended so easily we get our feelings hurt so much and i believe the lord is about to strengthen us we got to be strengthened in the united states of america because guess what we're about to walk through some things so we need to go ahead and get ready now we, we should have been ready a long time ago, but it's time to get ready right now. God wants to do some great things, not because of us, because of him. See, in, in America, we think that the whole Bible is all about us. We search the Bible to find out who we are. Bible, it's, it's about him. And I'm so glad that he allows us to be found anywhere in that story. Right? <clears throat> Two aspects of the cross. What's in it for us, which is American Christianity has done super well there. My healing, my deliverance, my freedom, my righteousness, my restoration, my blessing, my prosperity. But the other aspect of the cross we're deficient in, in what's, but what, what's in it for God? A purchased possession that we belong to Him. None of this is my message. Don't worry, I'm doing this. Glad to be here. Amen. Shout Jesus one time. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Was that a girl or a junior high boy going through puberty? Whoever it was, that was radical. It was you? Oh, (laughs) young man. What's your name, buddy? Gavin. Hey, there's a Gavin right there. Gavin, you have such a sweet spirit in your life. The Lord loves you so much. You love Jesus, don't you? Yes, God is absolutely crazy about you. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth said that God will pass over a million people just to get to one person who has a heart towards Him. Right? The Bible says in 2 Chronicles sixteen nine for the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong to a person whose heart is perfect towards Him. God, I might be perfect, but I, help me have a perfect heart towards You. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I want to see Him. Amen? <clears throat> yes. It's me and Gavin. Everybody's go home. Me and Gavin. We're going we're to have church today. <clears throat> Um, I know that you've been through adversity, and, and some of you that are here today, you might be going through the fire in, in a marriage, family, health, crisis, and I want to encourage you today. <clears throat> so I am going to be a little pastoral today, which isn't my strength, but I am, because I just know the, the Lord, He just loves you so much. Amen? And <clears throat> the older I get, the more, the more I, I'm seeing the Lord in a different place. That's why last night I got up here and... I'll be honest with you, I've just been getting so overwhelmed with how great God is. And Jesus, I mean, if you only knew, if you only knew who he was. And, and I'm at this place in life where I just, I want Jesus so much. I want to see him. I want to walk with him. I want to know him. Amen? <clears throat> and, and I know that there are people that are hurting in life. Hurting in life. And sometimes we go to church on Sunday, and that's the day where we're the fakest. Even if it do not matter, if you're spirit-filled, whatever, we can be the fakest. We put that mask on. How are you doing? Doing great, brother. Talking in ways you don't talk at all. And I know you don't, not in Shalmet. You guys go to work, you know, and you're like, you know, show up at the, you know, at the job site, and you're like, hey, what's up, my friend? What's up, brother? No, you're not. We come to church, it's like, hey, how are you doing? It's just fake, you know? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I want reality, and I want a family. I want to know who I can call at 2 a.m. when I'm in crisis. I-, I don't want to know how well you articulate tongues or how well you can dance in the front or how well you do this or move. Or you- I want to know, will you answer the phone? will you come to my house am I gonna be alone well I have one person who fights with me when I'm the stupidest at my end who's gonna show up and be willing to kick my butt do whatever they got to to try to bring me back who bring me to the feet of Jesus please amen we're in a crisis in our country generation that we have today young people that are growing up are so far so far off, and this didn't happen overnight. But I believe the Lord can turn it around for sure, and I believe He is. I believe He absolutely is. The Lord is not through with the United States of America. I believe that great things are coming, but I also know that testing is here right now. <clears throat> Amen? Um, so I want to talk with you briefly, and this will be briefly, about the life of Joseph. Now, we have, uh, who knows who Joseph is in the Bible? <clears throat> so I'm about to bring you through his life, and I'm going to do it very very quickly, but I wanna encourage you and challenge you to go read these passages you know, for yourself. Read these passages for yourself, and uh, because a lot of times when you're walking through things, who's ever been in a situation where you're like, where's God? Whoever felt you like you had the Lord, like, that you had a dream in your heart that you wanted so bad, whether you're young or at some point, and then it's like you can't really see it anymore, like you've lost sight of that dream. Or maybe God's forgot about you. You can almost, I know I'm maybe talking to somebody today, and we see the same thing in the life of joseph and in our country um how many of you if you could go back and know what you know now you do some things differently but, but you can that's the blessing of as we get older you gain a little bit of maturity right and sometimes the dreams that you think you have see it might be great but it might not be god's dream or it may be from the lord but you don't really perceive the dream the way it's supposed to be perceived and so that trial or that pain or that suffering you're walking through is not that you're off, but the Lord is going to use everything that comes against you to bring you to that end result of that dream or what that dream is. And this is all going to make sense here in just a second. So, um, and I not about you, but I remember young in, in church, back in the day, people pray with others. See, I, I came to church, um, I was 16 years old and went to a rock concert party on the way home, blew up my vehicle, hit 15 trees after that it was a couple months into my senior year of high school i was still 16 and my friend conrad was like hey if you'd have died in your car you went straight to hell and this is crazy because he's high he's listening to metallica and he has no concept of who god is either how I many know god can use anybody even a donkey <clears throat> and my friend wasn't a donkey i was definitely a donkey and 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 i'm like well if you died you go to hell too it landed us in church so i could go figure out how to get right with god the lord captivated my heart and sent me on a journey on a run and I can remember how many times I hear people say hey just give your life to the Lord and he'll turn everything around you get better and all. how many know you give your life to the Lord and all hell breaks loose or even teach that this 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 false concept of faith that's absent from hardship and suffering that no patriarch in the Old Testament that no Apostle you know all uh you know all but John of the Apostles died a, gr- a brutal death they would have been like hey wait a minute what just accept Jesus as my Lord and everything gets better because we're so live for this earth rather than the next one we're so temporal that we don't understand there's a there's a price tag of pain and suffering sometimes in life how many ever had children and you try to circumvent things by always bailing them out of situations and their 20s and their 30s 40s and they're crippled because they always know mom or dad what's gonna happen when you're not there then maybe finally they'll go ahead and get broken and have to experience some consequence some pain so they can go ahead and mature grow up and cry out to God right we're stopping a process if they're wise enough then they can see the wounds and the scars how many of you parents got some scars scars let me tell you what happened look I've got some failures here some broken places learn from these wounds you see on me so you ain't got to go through them you're gonna have your own brick walls though you're gonna walk through too <clears throat> but I'm here with you anyway all right let's get let's get in the message all right and Genesis 37 verse 5 it opens up with this and it just simply says now Joseph had a dream I'm reading out of the ESV now Joseph had a dream, say a dream now I want to say this real quick that um, uh, Reinhard Bonnke said this, when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you're invincible now I just want you to think about that for a minute, when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you're invincible who wants to be invincible before the Lord now I'll say this God is not obligated to you to bring about your dream And we have created a God in our own image that is there to serve us. We come to Him when we need Him to move. We have expectation of how we expect Him to work in our lives. It's very American. It's very entitled. But God is not obligated to perform for you. He's not obligated to bring forth your dream. But you know what He will do? He will bring about His dream for you in your life. And when he does, you realize, oh, my gosh, that was my dream all along. All right. <clears throat> so there is a thing called process. Say hey, process. There's a process of what's about to happen in Joseph's life. So we're going to tuck that away for a minute. Where it says Joseph had a dream. <clears throat> and we're going to read some passages. Because if you could describe Joseph's life, again, raise your hand if you know the life of Joseph. But there's so many things that I've missed throughout the years. And one of the things that's been blessing me as I'm reading through this, this, the Bible 365 podcast is I'm having to read scriptures over and over and over and over and over. things that I glance over, that I've glossed over, now I'm having to sit and I'm having to read them correctly. Pronounce them correctly, which is not easy. Not easy. I'm ready for some of my pastor friends that are laughing if they hear me having to pronounce some of this stuff in the Bible, where I'm like, well, you get on a podcast and you pronounce it. You go public and say, Mishipek and Jeruligal and Mahalalal. I'm terrified already for what comes to Isaiah when I have to say the longest word in the Bible. And it's like I don't know like 37 letters it's ridiculous <clears throat> but when you hear it I'm gonna act like it I own it like oh that's the way it said and I'm gonna make the whole thing up I'm just telling you right now you know that's the way it said <clears throat> but the whole thing about Joseph is say process process and the process to bring about Joseph's dream it involved a pit Potiphar prison and a palace okay now we look here, <clears throat> now we know that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, because they hated him. And it wasn't enough that he hated him, but Joseph has this dream and he's like, goes to his brothers that, he, that, that hate him because his dad just thought he was the bomb diggity. Jacob just loved Joseph. Loved Joseph. It was hilarious. I got four kids and it's funny when some of them get together and talk about who's the favorite. And I'm like, they're all my favorite. They're all my favorite. I'm like, oh, that's not true. But it is true. How many know you love all your kids the same? I have been around some parents that are weirdos, and they're like, oh, no, no, I definitely love this one the most. <laughs> like, you are sick, <laughs> okay? <clears throat> Good night, a weirdo, you know? So anyway, so here's, here's Joseph, and then he has this dream, and his dream, his brothers are all bowing down to him, and he goes and tells him, yeah, I had this dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that's how he did it, but I, would, I, I wouldn't have done that, because I know that Rachel would have murdered me if I'd have been like, I had a dream, and huh, you bowed down to me. <laughs> She'd grab me and slap me and say, you bow down now. Anyway. So Joseph has his dream, <laughs> excuse me, that cough was intentional, and so they had to come bow down to him. And, and his dad would bow down to him, all of them. They all, even Jacob got mad, oh, I'm gonna bow down to you too? And, uh, but then the Bible says that Jacob pondered that, and he tucked it away. How I many of sometimes you have to tuck away something? You might not understand it, but you just need to tuck it away. And then it says this in Genesis 39 in verse one, we're gonna look through this, verses one through five. Uh, I'll tell you this other story. I'm a big reader. Every year, I, I, I've, for years, I've read at least 100 books a year. I read through my Bible three or four times. I had this little plan called Beast Mode where I'd read through the whole Bible in the month of January. I, I silenced all that for this year. And about a year and a half ago, it's getting like, it's harder to read. I don't know what's going on. And my oldest daughter, Alyssa, she's 25. She's like, Dad, you need to go have your eyes checked. I'm like, hey, I'm all right. I drive. I can see. I see your face right now. I'm good. She goes, Daddy, you're stubborn. I'm like, you're stubborn. we stubborn. We're both stubborn. So if I'm like, I don't know what's going on, maybe I'll go to the, talked, who's ever been to the eye doctor? Anybody? Oh, okay. This is a thing, right? I didn't know that. So I go to the doctor, the eye doctor, and it's crazy. I mean, honestly, show me your hands, how many of you have been to the eye doctor before? And they test it, they got all these cool machines, y'all, y'all have that too? I'm like, I didn't know this stuff existed. <clears throat> you know, it's like, you know, anyway, so, so I go and, and uh, they're doing all these things and scanning, look up, look down, taking these pictures, and this man comes in, an old guy. So I know he's got to be the eye doctor guy. And he, he turns lights off. Hey, Mr. Gouda, I want you to just watch this thing and show me what you see, put your hand in your eye, this eye, and he's like, well, guess what? I got some good news, your eyes are actually perfect. I was like, yes, I knew it. So what's the problem? How come it's harder to read stuff? And he's like, I'm glad you asked. I have another chart I want you to see real quick, so you can keep both your eyes open for this. And he clicks it and he has this hand-drawn thing that is like this, like this J, almost a complete J. And he goes, I call this the J of life. And you're about right down here. <laughs> <laughs> he starts my reader. So they give me these readers, these right here. They said, he goes, just go to Walgreens and save money. Can I tell the story? I, I'm, I guess I am anyway. So then I'm about to leave and he goes, save you some money. And this, this, this much older lady than I am comes to me and she goes, hey, hold on. You have copay. How would you like a $250 pair of glasses for 20 bucks? I said, I'm in. So she brings me to this room and she goes, we'll pick them out. I said, I don't know how to pick out glasses, just something that just makes me look normal. And, and I said, what about that? She goes, oh, I like that. So I put him on, she goes, oh, that is, yes, because, mm, yeah, this looks good on you because it, um, your, your hair and the, the gray, and I was like, really, Did you just say that. Anyway, <clears throat> so now I just don't want to stop reading. So, all right, Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 5, it says, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the ishmaelites who had brought him down there how many know he was sold into slavery and something really significant in chapter in verse two it says this right here the lord was with joseph say the lord was with him yes gavin the lord was with joseph now you'll see something in the bible it's called the law of first mention and if you're trying to study things and understand doctrine or some levels of theology when you see something first mentioned it's extremely important and there's also a thing when you see repetition, when it's something where you sl- obviously God is trying to communicate something in this passage. How I many of the Lord is, is constantly communicating through His Word? Now in the book of Genesis, the Bible contains 4,100 years of history. There's 4,100 years of history in the Bible. Genesis alone covers about 2,300 years of that 4,100 years. True story. Genesis 1 through 11, it's about 2,000 years of history. Then Genesis 12 shifts to Abram and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph all the way through the end, which is about 300 years now. <clears throat> so here we have this where I look at this and I'm like, man, the Lord put this in here for a reason. And it says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Say was with Joseph. And it says, and he became a successful man and he was in the house of the Egyptian master. Now I've read a lot of, I've heard a lot of messages that have been preached off of Joseph. <clears throat> and the highlight of these messages are his success and his favor and how God was you know just anointed everything he did but something more significant than all that is that the Lord was with Joseph and I want to encourage you that whether you're in a pit or whether you're in a a place of challenge or if you're like in a prison you need to hear this that the Lord is with you amen he's with you may be here today and the biggest thing that you can take away is to know that the Lord is with you that you're not alone that he is with you you may feel like I've screwed up my life who's ever really screwed up your life before i tell you right now that I would win first place and the person who was the biggest idiot on this earth. I've done some really stupid things, but I'm going to tell you that even in the height of my stupidity, guess what? The Lord was still with you. David said, I could make my bed in hell and you are there with me. Amen? That, That hope that he had and the presence of God in his life. He says, the Lord was with Joseph. Then in verse three, it says this, his master saw that the Lord was with him. So he says it again, his master Saul, Potiphar Saul, that the Lord was with Joseph. And then it says, and that the Lord, say the Lord, caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. There's something so powerful about favor that you might not be the smartest tool in the shed, but God can cause you to succeed. God when he is with you, he can cause the things that you tried to do in your own strength. When the Lord gets involved and the Lord is with you, he can cause success to come into your life. You could do something and try to make it work and it says ABC, do these things right here. You can take a master course from somebody online and it doesn't work. But then the Lord comes alongside you and if the Lord's with you, he can cause he can cause XYZ to work. He can call it to work. CBA versus ABC, it doesn't matter. He can take what's in your hands and he can make it succeed <clears throat> and there's something about this that god gets the, the blessing when they recognize it's not because of me but it's because of him some of the wealthiest people i know that serve the lord they had that on their life where they're like hey this is it's just the lord and you think that they're just being humble and there is a humility are you like ah, oh, whatever they're just saying that but no it's that they've learned it's because of the lord i can't take credit god has blessed me how many of you people you business people the lord has blessed you you have what you have because it's the Lord has been on your life amen his master saw I don't know about you but I want other people to see that the Lord is with me his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord caused all that it is to succeed in his hands so Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had I'm gonna tell you this when you see the Lord's with somebody and they're working for you help them get in charge well look here From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. God will bless other people just because he's with you. And as Christians, shame on us, we'll criticize the very place where we draw our paycheck when the Lord wants to bring blessing to that place because we're even there. There should be a humble boldness he knows. I know the Lord's about to bless this place. Why? Because I'm working here. And I belong to him. And the Lord is with me. Amen. <clears throat> so the story goes on, and then he's in this. So he's gone from the pit, and now he's in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife sees Joseph, and he's like a good old fashioned, normal South Louisiana boy. He's a hottie. And so the, Potiphar's wife's like, Oh, I want that guy. So she's trying. To, I'm sorry. So she starts to pursue him <clears throat> every day. Every day. She's wanting Joseph to come sleep with her. And Joseph finally she grabs him and he comes out of the cloak to run away from her and he just he rolls out and she lies tells the story about him that he was trying to sleep with her and take advantage of her (coughs) and look at this in Genesis 39 verse 19 as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him this is the way your servant treated me his anger was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison say prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So this is like a special level prison, and it says and he was there in prison in verse 21. you got to be kidding me. But the Lord was with Joseph. No matter where he went, the Lord was with him. Listen, I'm telling you right now, you have to take this away right now. You're not alone where you're at. You're fighting for your kids. You're fighting for your marriage. You're battling in your finances. You're trying to launch another business again. You're coming to church and you're like, I'm just, I'm taking a stab. I'm going to try to trust God again. You know, it sounds so, I'm trying to be nice right now, but it sounds so foolish when you think about it, trying to trust God again. And the truth is that you don't have to trust God. You just don't know you can trust people. Because God's not the one who wounded you. His people have hurt you. But maybe, guess what? Maybe you've hurt other people too. So here it says the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. Showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison each one of these could be a long message and says and the keeper of the prison put joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison whatever was done there he was the one who did it the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in joseph's charge because the lord was what you got to be kidding me because what because the lord was with do y'all have the screen oh that's y'all cheated okay in other words <clears throat> Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Can you imagine when the Lord's favors on your life? And recognizing that the Lord is with you? So then just get up and go do it. Go do it. There's this one thing I knew when I came to the Lord. I was 16. I knew nothing. I was the number one ignoramus in our church. And I mean ignorant. I didn't know the word. I didn't know anything. All I knew was that God was with me. I didn't know there was such a thing as an, an evangelist. I, I just thought everybody was like a pastor. I didn't really know what a pastor was. And I thought anybody could just take the Bible and just go preach Jesus to people. So I went and told people what my friend told me when he was stoned in his room that day, listening to Metallica. I went and told people, let me tell you what God did in my life. And people were like wanting to get saved. It was the easiest thing. I'm going home with a spiritual high. Who knows, you can get high just sharing the gospel with people, right? It can just like so elevate you, inspire you, wonderful things happen. I'm like, let me tell you what God is doing. I was just so confident. It didn't matter the situation. People would ask, how do you go do that? And I'd know what to tell them, so I was making up stuff and inventing it. There's nothing really to say. Let's go to bowling alley. I've been where there's about to be a fight breakout. I've been in the ghetto. I've been, I've ministered to gangs. I've ministered to NFL players on planes coming back from Bogota, Colombia. I've, I've, I've ministered to, to stars and, and Hollywood people. I've, wow, just, I've ministered to people that, that <clears throat> were absolutely, you know, you know, crack cocaine, you know, and crackheads. I've ministered to prostitutes in front of crack houses. And I'm telling you this, that everywhere, it don't matter. The Lord's just with me. Guess what? The Lord's with you. So it don't matter. Open up your mouth and go for it because he will make it succeed because he's with you. Amen? Now let me me, me, just keep going here. So the same favor that was on Joseph's life in Potiphar's house, his wife Potiphar's wife lied we the same favors on his life in the prison we saw four times where it's important enough for God for it to be written down to say the Lord was with him look it's no accident that the name God appears 46 times in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis right go to John chapter 1 where people were questioning the divinity of Jesus so when John the Beloved wrote the Gospel of John. It's no mystery why he wrote the way he did in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. It sounds like Genesis. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Nothing that was created was not created but, but through him. <clears throat> he, the Word became flesh. And in John chapter 1, go read all the mentions of Jesus, Rabbi, the only son of the living God, Jesus, Master. Just go through the whole list. The Word. It's amazing, right? Why did I say that? I don't know. Here's why. Because here we have four times through the life of Joseph that the Lord was with him. So then he gets elevated. He gets brought between Pharaoh now. Pharaoh, how I many know, is over everything in the whole land? Everything. Joseph, they go get him. They said, Hey, there's a guy who can interpret dreams. Joseph comes out and he's like, Only God can do that. And you know, when you're reading the life of Joseph, you don't hear the man complaining at all. He comes before Pharaoh, he interprets the dream. And what does Pharaoh say in chapter 41, verse 38? And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? This is in the Old Testament. Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? And Pharaoh put everything under Joseph's command everything put a signet ring on him paraded him through people bowed down before him and it says that when Joseph spoke it was as though Pharaoh spoke his voice had to be heeded. then his brothers come when his brothers come in they don't know him it had been probably many decades the story's lost timings lost even when his younger brother comes his younger brother already probably had a family children and could have been close to 40 years old but he comes up there and here's joseph they did not recognize joseph so if it had only been a year or two or five how many know they probably could have recognized joseph been a very long time joseph had a family he had children <coughs> and they came and bowed down in front of him and in genesis 42:9 it says this and joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them and joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. Say, remembered. It's interesting, Genesis 37, 5 says, now Joseph had a dream. Genesis 37, 5, now Joseph had a dream. But Genesis 42, 9, and Joseph remembered the dreams. How many know that Joseph, when that dream came to him, it looked a whole lot different probably than what his perception was many, many years ago as a younger man when he had a dream. And sometimes death is good when it comes to our dreams. Maybe in your place you're like, you have no idea, but my dream died a long time ago. I would want to lovingly look at you and just say, awesome. Because there's going to come a time in your life, by the grace of God, that the Lord's going to cause you to remember that dream when it begins to manifest in front of you. And you realize, oh, that dream didn't really die. It's just, I wasn't ready. And I couldn't have understood it. Amen? but he's going to cause that dream to come alive in your life again but the Lord is with you amen more than anything I want you to hear this today the Lord is with you I want to share with you a story